five, four, three, two, one. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Here we go. It's game time. Welcome to Sports and More, where almost anything goes. Coming to you from the marsh just outside of Edmonton, Alberta, here's your host, Dean Millard. It's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Nice to be in orbit. Hey there, and welcome to Sports and More, the podcast episode 18. My name is Dean Millard. Thank you so much for downloading this show. Uh, Please subscribe and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, Leave us a review. This is a show where almost anything goes. Uh, We kind of stay away from uh, politics. We really uh, stay away from uh, religion. But good afternoon, good morning, good evening, depending on what time you are listening to this. I'm just glad that you are. Uh, We've got a really good show today, a really uh, good story and a a good feel-good story as well. Uh, My buddy Yoni Niemannen is a freelance writer uh, for some various Finnish publications. Uh, He's connected with the best uh, Finnish hockey players. He's covered the best. Uh, He's um, got a really good, interesting story. He's also raised a lot of money uh, for cancer research and the world's longest game. And he uh, recently uh, just uh, literally had the uh, fight of his life. Uh, so we're going to have a great conversation. Uh, I am I love uh, some of the uh, insight that uh, Yoni has. Uh, he's got a really great sense of humor as well. Um, and you know what? We're talking about uh, um, some of the best hockey players from Finland. So we will have an Acme Meat Market trivia question uh, that might have something to do with the Finnish flash. We'll see. But you can win a $25 gift card from Acme Meat Market just for uh, chiming in on the Acme Meat Market trivia question. And you can do that by hitting us up on Twitter, at Duck Millard. You can also get us on Instagram at Sports and More Podcast. Facebook, we're Sports and More 35. You can email us, sportsandmorepod at gmail.com. And uh, that's what you can do to get in on the Acme Meat Market trivia question. And you can check out past episodes at sportsandmore.ca, including last week's episode with Corey Hirsch, amazing uh, mental health advocate, former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the Canucks. If you or or if you are dealing with mental health issues or you know somebody that is, it's a really good listen to. Um, I think learn a few things. Uh, I am one of those people that uh, is on a journey with mental health. And uh, I am dealing with it uh, in, in certain ways. And, and Corey and I discussed some of the ways that uh, he's been able to do it. So I implore you to check that out. It's a really good conversation. And that's at sportsandmore.ca. What a time right now. Major League Baseball playoffs start tonight. Um, very shortly, actually, uh, as of when I'm recording this. Brewers, Cardinals. I'm going with the Brewers tonight. A lot of people on my poll question at Duck Millard were going with the Cards. Uh, but I'm going with the Brew Crew. I put some money on the Brewers tonight, put some money on the Dodgers to win the series. Love to hear from you. Who is your World Series pick? Hit, hit me up on Twitter, at Duck Millard. Also, the NHL starting on Wednesday night, so two sports colliding. 
so really excited about that. I had Craig Button of TSN on Sports and More live on the 12 Ounce Sports Radio Network. Uh, you can find that replay on Apple Podcasts. Just subscribe to uh, 12 Ounce Sports. So yeah, we have a lot of fun with. Uh, we will have a lot of fun watching baseball, watching hockey, and of course there is the National Football League, and that's where we're going for our question of the day. Hmm, what's on my mind today? <laughs> I don't know. You want answers? I don't know what the hell he wants. Let's get into things. Let's get real. This is the Myron French question of the day. I read you loud and clear. 10 4. All right, the question of the day. Again, if you're new to the podcast, thank you very much. Myron French was a high school teacher. I had. He taught a law, a law class. He would start every day with a question of the day, and we would try to make that last the entire class um, because it was never going to be on the exam. Um, me and my buddy Jeff spent most of that class uh, doing fantasy bands, like the all-time greatest band with different members. We had like some betting setup that we had where we actually didn't bet money. We just bet fake money. Uh, we did not pay a lot of attention to that class. Sorry, Mr. French, uh, but I dedicate the question of the day to you, which is what NFL team will win its first game last? Uh, there's, uh, I think, six un- uh, teams that haven't won a game. Of course, Pittsburgh won last night. What a brutal game that was for the Bengals. That's who I'm going with. Did you see their off- offense last night? Was it their first day of training camp? Eight sacks Andy Dalton took from the Steelers. The Steelers were giving up 300 yards a game through the air. And Andy Dalton threw 171. The Bengals are not. They, I don't think they'll be a winless team this year, but uh, I think the Bengals will be the last team to get a win. Now, a lot of people going with uh, the Miami Dolphins, and I, I don't uh, blame you, but here's the great thing. The Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals play each other in Week 16. Aaron Brown says, uh, trick question, I can't imagine the Dolphins winning a game this season. And Sean O'Connor agrees with me. The Bungles, the O-line is porous. The red BB gun looks scared. And if the D-line doesn't get the pressure, the linebackers and secondary will give up the big play. ENC says the Chiefs in February. Hmm. Well, uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown this past week. That was pretty amazing. And uh, Yari, 17 Yari Carey says Miami is horrendous in all phases. Uh, yeah, Miami's bad. I think the Bengals are worse. Um, just from Maybe it's just because they're fresh. And listen, I used to be a Dolphins fan. I'm now a Raiders fan. Um, I just had enough of the Dolphins. And um, when they decided, they announced that they were going to, and they never did this, but they were going to suspend players for kneeling. I was like, ah, that's the last draw I've had for this. So I bailed, joined the good ship Raider. Uh, so I don't watch Dolphin games anymore, but I used to, and they were really, really frustrating. Three, two, one, and Time for your top three. Lift off and the clock has started. Roger, zero G, and I feel fine. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, today's top three, the NHL kicking off tomorrow. I want to know three teams that you think will make the playoffs after missing the big dance last year. Three teams that will make the playoffs that didn't make the playoffs last year. So three improved teams. Hit me up on Twitter, at Duck Millard, and uh, let me know what you think of these three teams. 
or of your three teams. Uh, my honorable mention isn't in the NHL, but it's the Brandon Weekings returning to the playoffs in the dub. Um, with number three, I'm going with the Arizona Coyotes. I think the uh, trade of Phil Kessel, they picked up Eric Comrie today, so uh, the uh, news on Antiranta isn't great. Also not great for me in uh, in fantasy because I got Antiranta. I've had him in the minors for about six years. Um, but I think Kessel with the Coyotes is good. I think uh, Oliver ekman Larsman is uh, wonderful, and I think what uh, Rick Tockett has been able to do in uh, Arizona is amazing. Uh, I think he's really turning them around. So I think it's going to be the uh, Coyotes. Uh, number two, I think Buffalo. Two words, Ralph Kruger. Ralph Kruger. This guy is a master motivator. I think he's going to get Buffalo to the big dance. And the Florida Panthers, Joel Quenville, um, the, the goaltending with Bobrovsky will be really good. So I'm going with Arizona, Buffalo, Florida. Uh, Chris G on Twitter saying uh, Rangers, Canucks, Blackhawks. Minor league rando says the Panthers, the Blackhawks, and the Oilers. Uh, I think the Oilers are going to be about 10th or 9th, but we'll see. They're going, they, they might start with three centers down the middle. And as I talked with Craig Button of TSN earlier today, they just don't have the winger depth uh, to be able to do that. So I don't know what is going to happen in uh, that regard. And uh, Rangers, Panthers, and Coyotes from Jess Rubenstein. Uh, Mackenzie Crocken says Rangers uh, with Panarin, Truba, and a bounce-back season from uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, Panthers, much more steady goaltending. Heart candidate season from Barkoff and the Devils. I need a healthy Taylor Hall and a goalie to grab the reins. Uh, Arizona, Florida, and Philly also um, getting some votes. So I'm going with uh, the uh, Arizona Coyotes, the Buffalo Sabres, and the Florida Panthers. All right, let's get to our featured guest of this show. But before we do, let's find out a little bit more in the bio. Time for the bio. Yoni Nieminen was born in Helsinki, Finland, and landed in Port Coquitlam, BC when he was 19 years old to play hockey. After moving back to Finland, he visited Canada 26 times before officially putting down roots, first in Vancouver in 97, then Alberta a year later. Yoni was told at a young age he had a gift for writing, and in 1999, he started sports reporting for various publications. He's covered the NHL and developed great relationships with the best Finnish hockey players, and he's also played in all six world's longest game events, raising millions for cancer research, as well as one world's longest baseball game. And he recently had the fight of his life. All right, Yoni, it is great to see you in my studio. I have um, a Finnish a freelancer, a sports writer, Yoni Nieminen. And um, this interview, Yoni, was supposed to take place a while ago. And I'm glad it's taking place now because it means you're still here. You've had a recent out-of-the-blue health scare that uh, literally could have killed you. I'm glad you're here, man. Yeah, thanks, Dino. I, it's great to be here in the marsh, surrounded by all this stuff, all the great uh, <laughs> memorabilia. <laughs> and yes, I am uh, happy just to be anywhere. Um, <laughs> we were supposed to do this uh, in August, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I had to real quick uh, let you know, that, sorry, man, I, uh, I'm in the hospital and uh, we'll have to postpone. So what happened was uh, nasty bacteria got into my blood system somehow. We 
don't know how, if it was, uh, if it was the classic, uh, you know, shower after summer hockey, holding the toe or, or cut myself cutting a cardboard box or whatever. Um, I know I don't do any, any dangerous stuff like the doctors, they always have to ask, but, uh, that's right. Yeah. But I know I've never done any of that, uh, but, uh, unfortunately, but, uh, anyhow, um, a nasty bug and, uh, that can basically, uh, sorry, can kill you in four mm -hmm. to 10 days. And, uh, I was, I was feeling like I didn't have any energy at all. And I thought, okay, maybe it's a, it's a food poisoning, uh, mushrooms in my great homemade spaghetti or whatever. <laughs> and I, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll just leap it off. So I slept from Tuesday till Thursday, basically just got up to eat a little bit or whatever. Thursday, I took my little boy to a uh, shinny and uh, in August, and uh, I thought I shouldn't be driving at all. I, I don't feel good. My both of my shoulders are hurting. My left knee is feeling really weird. I never had any problems with my knees, and and uh, so the next day the pain was so sharp. I I checked myself into the you know University of Alberta hospital and went to the emergency, and then they took me in. And I made the mistake of driving myself in. I I hit the curb three times on the way there. Mm. something yellow on my on my side of my car but uh, whatever <laughs> but so um anyway i uh, so i had this bug uh, i i had to be in the hospital about three weeks they started uh iv um, antibiotics to uh, kill the bacteria and uh, i had the bacteria in my uh, both shoulders and, and left knee which were all operated on one day and then uh uh, it was also in my neck, in my heart valve, which was which is the dangerous part. Well, it's all dangerous, but but the last re resort in that would have been a cardiac surgery, but we didn't have to go that far. And also in my lungs. And uh, so I was, up until last week, I was on IV uh, antibiotics uh, every four hours. Uh, I had to carry a, carry a, a fancy pack on my, on my, <laughs> on my, on my, uh, on my on myself uh with a pump and uh mm -hmm. 500 milliliters of uh, of uh, oxychillin and every four hours it would pump this stuff into me and uh and i went to uh blood tests every week and uh and i had so i had like a pick line go from uh right from my arm all the way to the arteries in the, close to the heart and uh so last week the uh, blood results were so good that uh, the good doctor said that pulled the pull the line and uh, now i'm off amazing and yes it's good and the uh, the bacteria should be dead now so and you're so not and that's and the, not, yeah. the but you you know very close to it like do you um you know my wife uh, thankfully has uh, beaten cancer twice and she yeah. is uh, you know, one of the strongest people i know do you, do you feel lucky do you feel grateful do you have a, a different uh, outlook on on um, after coming so close yeah big time i uh i didn't even know how sick i was i guess i was really really sick like there's the one number that that uh, counts the the uh, proteins that uh, form around your uh, liver to uh, fight uh, inflammation and normal people healthy person this number would, or her number would be eight mine was 256 holy mackerel so stuff like that and <laughs> and, uh, and i know like 40% of the people who get in the heart, like I did, they, they pass away. So it's, it's not a, not a good number. So I'm, I'm really, really, really thankful, uh, to the excellent care. Uh -huh. I, I, uh, I was in the hospital. I heard, uh, an older fella in the middle of the night. He was, I guess he was, I understand, you know, people are frustrated and they're really sick. And, and uh, he was saying, oh, he's just, just a number. 
and I, I never, never, ever felt like I was just a number. I had the best doctors, the best nurses, very highly trained, very, very smart uh, from every possible ethnic group, uh, country, whatever, you know, Canada, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, every, everywhere, every, everybody, everything. Um, just, I knew they were just trying their best and to make me, make me uh, better and make me feel better. And they were up in my, uh, my spirits every day. And, and, uh, so, you know, it makes you really want to fight this thing. And, uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really, really thankful that, uh, living in a place where everybody can get treated like this and it doesn't cost you anything. Well, and I was going to say, speaking of uh, a number, um, I can't, I can't imagine what that number would have been if you were, weren't in a country like Canada, if you were down uh, south of the border, what that uh, what oh. would be. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm so thankful that we have the, the type of healthcare we have in Canada. Oh, yeah. there, there's, you know, people still complain about wait times and nothing is perfect, but um, that, that could have bankrupted you. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. That happened and you didn't have the big insurance, uh, I would have had to sell my house probably and my hockey cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did, you did stroll in today wearing an upper deck coat. Uh, that's right. So that's very retro. I like that. Early nineties. Yes. <laughs> um, let's, let's I, I, I guess the, the moral of the story is that, uh, is don't be afraid if you're not feeling well to, to go get looked at. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was so thankful. Like all my friends, uh, I had tons of people visit me, uh, in the hospital and we got a lot of cards and phone calls and tweets and, and messages all the time mm-hmm. from all over the world. So that really made me feel like I don't have to fight this alone. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I must say, I, I appreciate you talking about mental health. Cause I, I got a message from an old NHL player who said to me that, you know what, uh, people who you got to watch your mental health because, uh, people who realized that they were close, you know, like they dodge a bullet, right. That, uh, it's, he said it happened to him. He had a heart scare some time ago and he thought you know he, i'm a tough guy nothing's gonna happen to me mentally but but it actually did he got depression yeah out of it so so that's uh something also to have to look at like it's not just your uh your physical you know that's right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you're you, you health is health that's right uh, it it all um it's all one package really your, your physical yeah. health goes hand in hand with your mental health and and vice versa uh, so I, I want to talk about um, your your gig. Um, you're a freelance writer, um, so yeah. <laughs> you cover the NHL uh, for various uh, publications in in Finland. How did that uh, start with you? Uh, it started actually. Well, I've I've, I've offered uh, some writings from early '90s already to uh, some Finnish newspapers, and and they uh, they have uh, published them, <laughs> like Gretzky's. Uh, sweater retirement mm-hmm. or whatever and, and they were really nice to me and uh, I my whole life I was always kind of trying to avoid writing and my Finnish teacher in high school always said that you're going to be an author and I said not a chance not a even chance I would <laughs> you know write <laughs> but uh, it kind of followed me around I guess so uh, uh, early early 2000s uh, they started uh, this non-profit website called Jatkoaika in Finland and uh, it, that kind of became, uh, they asked me to write about the NHL in there and, and uh, I was happy to, to go into it. And, and uh, that website has been kind of a training ground for a lot of, a lot of writers, really good journalists that are now working full time in the business. Mm. And it's kind of neat. And, uh, and uh, I had a radio gig. It's nice to be back in the radio, actually, on the radio. They, were, they had a sports channel over there called Sport FM. And I did a weekly NHL report in the early 2000s uh, 
on the on the phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they'd call me from there, and I I just speak on the phone in the empty room for about an hour, and then they said, "When you're done, just just hang up." <laughs> and That's what they, I do here usually. Yeah, yeah. And then they cut it up, and uh, you could listen to it. And and it's funny, actually, I was on 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 the air for about a year, and I asked my dad, who lives in Helsinki, there in Finland, that uh, the dad, uh, what do you think of the show? And he goes, what show? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he he listens to the Tango Music Channel, there you or go. station, or whatever. What's so. it? Uh, <laughs> what's it like, uh, especially when you you first started, and uh, you would walk up to a Finnish player in a dressing room at Rexall and start talking to them in in uh, Finnish, and they would be like, "What the heck is going on? Are they surprised, or do they know?" You know, before they come over, that there's going to be pockets of different guys around, uh, or maybe, I don't know if you're the only guy, but are there, are guys surprised when you walk up to them and start talking in them in their native language? I think a little bit of the younger guys. Uh, I think there's there's more coverage now. Like, see, I, I've been an NHL fan since I was like 14, 13 years old. Okay. I got the hockey news. I followed the NHL. Other kids thought I was some kind of a weirdo, you know, odd duck, because I was following this hockey that they never see. And... uh that was kind of like my my specialty. I was always interested, and then I, as a teenager, I came over here, and uh, got a whole bunch of it. But uh, but nowadays it's not weird anymore. Like people people really follow it. And I thought twenty years ago it was odd. I'd ask some kid who's seen a Artem Broder make a save, and he said, "Oh no, but I'll I'll watch it when I go to school tomorrow." And now, of course, everybody's mm-hmm. carrying these computers around they can watch it right now mm-hmm. it's it's amazing and but there's there's more and more nhl hockey is more popular now nobody's been thought of as a weirdo if you follow it <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of tv and and a lot of, a lot of stuff to uh, a lot of really good coverage out there and finnish hockey fans are i think they're really awesome they're best fans in the world as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. and uh, they're really really knowledgeable and, and uh, you really gotta watch uh What's what you write with them because they know <laughs> you can't BS them. <laughs> but play, you know, when when you when you approach a player, um, yeah, they oh, must yeah. be surprised, but also really um, happy that they, you know, because you know the, the the language barrier can be tough for some players. So to have a familiar language to speak, it must be nice for them. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. The um, they're the Finnish. I I always find that the Finnish NHL players they're kind of special there. They're great athletes. They're usually very, very good people. I, I can't even name or think of anybody who, and I, I could, I would tell you if there was somebody <laughs> okay, who was a okay. jerk, I would tell you. Uh, but no, there were like there's different kinds of guys. Like goalkeeper, obviously, would just say, "Okay, game day, let's talk after the game, that's or right. whatever," and that's fine. That's fine. But uh, yeah, every everybody I know, uh, I, I ever run into, are uh, really, really, they give you a lot of time. They they're happy to talk and. And uh, I don't know if they're surprised so much. Uh, not anymore. Not anymore. For yeah. sure. Maybe maybe in the older days. Yeah, bit, especially but, the uh, young guys. And then there's of course the guys like, well, we were chatting about Temu Selanne a little bit. Uh, he was a guy who would talk and talk and talk, and the suits would come and say, "Hey, you know, bus is leaving." He'll, right. He'd just say, "Hey, somebody give me a ride." Yeah, yeah no I'll problem. get a cab, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep talking for another hour. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so but yeah, and I, I like that all the new guys are pretty cool and. Yeah. I want to. I want to ask you. It's a very important question. Yes. Um, do all Finnish people have saunas in their house? Yes. Do you have uh, one at home? Unfortunately, no. Oh. I uh, I built my house. I was a, a bachelor man. I built this <laughs> beautiful house, 
And uh, I had the basement pl- plumbing and, and wiring done for, for a sauna. And I thought, I'll have my guys from Helsinki fly over if, if they can get into a country. They're yeah. you know, tattooed, uh, bad-looking <laughs> guys. But they know how to build saunas. <laughs> but, uh, you know, then girlfriend moves in, and next thing you know, we were married, and the next thing you know, we have a kid, and next thing you know, you have another kid. Mm-hmm. So now basement is, is you know, uh, hockey equipment, soccer equipment, baseball equipment, central. And, uh, yeah, no sauna. So but everybody but in Finland. Everybody has In one? Finland, 5.3 5. Uh, or 4 million people, there's 2.4 or 5 million saunas. So every house has a sauna. Finns have a lot of summer cottages, summer homes. Okay. There's always a sauna on the lake or, or a sauna on the, on the separate building there. Uh, the, all the new apartments nowadays have a sauna. Every hotel... Every hockey rink that's built nowadays would have a sauna behind the dressing room. So it's is a it, finished thing. Is it an end of the night thing? You just go in, relax for the in a sauna at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's a something that you don't feel like you're really clean unless you really have a sauna. All right. It's a real. It's the only Finnish word in the English language. You know. Really. And yes. In the old days, uh, like people were born, like when Finns lived in the, in the country. People were born in a sauna because that was the place where you had hot water. And oh. both of my gra- all of my grandparents, actually, sorry, all of my parents, both of my, <laughs> both of my parents were born in a sauna. That's yeah. amazing. I had no idea. You're at the farm, you know. You can't get to the hospital. True. Or, yeah. You know, get the fire, you know, fire water going, and there you go, another kid. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. The things we learn. Yeah. Um, okay. And, oh, sorry. That's right. They, like at the big rink there in Helsinki, the Hartwall Arena, they actually, and some other rinks too, I see now. Where they have, uh, like at the end of the rink, they have the, the luxury boxes with, uh, with, the, uh, with the one-way windows. They have a sauna in there. So you can sit there naked, have a good finished what? beer. Yeah. And they can't see you. You can see them. You can just watch the game. <laughs> if, if you're listening, Mr. Cates, that's, that would be a, that's an improvement it. Yes, to Mr. Uh, Cates, Rogers. Sauna. We need a sauna at the Rogers, Mr. Cates. Okay? Yeah, let's get on that. Yes. Okay, so the real big question I wanted to ask you, and this, I think this gets asked to you a lot, greatest Finnish hockey player of all time. Um, you know, there's Timu Solani, the jersey that yes, I proudly have I up here. See. Where's Yari's sweater? Uh, Yari, I do not have one. Oh. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but there was Timu Solani, yep. and before them, for him obviously was Yari Curry, uh, both in their own way and in their own generation, have had a massive impact, I'd imagine, on, on hockey in Finland. Oh, for sure. Who's the greatest? Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I've been asked this question, and uh, like our friends Speck and uh, Maddie, uh, Mark Spector and Jim Matheson, they uh, longtime hockey writers, they gave me heck, uh, called me names that I, I can't say. Well, I guess I could, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> that when they asked me that in the hallways, like when the Jets were here, that okay, who's the who's the greatest? And, and I said I, I don't really know, because <laughs> yeah, you know Yari won five five Stanley Cups. He was one of the first guys, mm-hmm. and and uh, he he was absolutely incredible and uh, had a long career as well. But then on the other hand, you look at them only one cup, but but uh, what he did after his his knee surgery reconstruction when he came back, yeah, when he came back. Post-lockout. Post-lockout. He played another seven, eight years or whatever. I told Craig Simpson, I was. he came in for an interview in global television one time on set, yeah. and I said, you guys should go after Solani. He's got a year off. You guys have this fastest ice in uh, North America yeah. thing going on. They were going after Korea. And yeah. then what did Solani do after? He came back and Yeah, Brian, Brian Burke 
paid him a million dollars, which is a lot of money, but in the NHL, it's not a lot of money. No. And, and said, that's the best million bucks he ever spent. And then they win the cup. Totally. And I, I remember when uh, 2006, uh, the Ducks were here and Oilers just knocked them out of the playoffs. And, uh, and, uh, and I was talking to Tim a little bit. Uh, he was going on the bus and he was saying, he was, and he was always like, he had this image of being such a, you know, the nice smiley boy in the milk commercial. But, right. but when you see him sometimes, like right after the game, that you can see that there—that's a competitive guy, man, or lie like he was. He had some really good battles with Chris Pronger in his oh, career. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And like, then they ended up teammates. But then they ended up teammates, and they were so I looked at each other fierce, and smiled. He was a fierce and, guy at times. He was a fierce guy, and I, I think you have to have that to be able to uh, play at that level for all those years. And but anyway, you could see he was pissed off, and he said that if we could just get a few more pieces on this team, we'd win the cup. And next thing you know, like three weeks later, you know, we're sitting and looking. Oh. Chris Pronger traded to the Ducks. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah, there Pronger, are. Niedermeyer, and uh, yeah. Solani was but such an important part. To answer your question, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of the same generation as Yari, and uh, I remember watching him play. Like, actually, I saw him play uh, in the outdoor rinks. They had a, what they called the Canada League in uh, all the different parts of town, all, all outdoor hockey, where uh, all the teams were like Boston Bruins, my, okay. my part of town of New York Rangers. And they had, uh, Yari was on actually Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him watching him from there. And uh, some of my friends were on his, on his um, midget team and actually one of my neighbors. And he told me when he was midget that you watch Yari Kuri, that he's going to be, uh, he's going to be a national team player. We didn't even talk about the NHL yet. Hmm. And then he was right. And then of course they, under 18, they win the, uh, win the European championship. They beat the Russians right at uh, Helsinki there. Yari scores the winning goal in over third overtime or whatever it was. And the rest is kind of history. And, mm-hmm. and certainly like a pioneer and all that. And, uh, but I, I'd still kind of give the, give the, the crown to Teemu because of the, of the later years in his career. But it, that's a tough one. It is. The, the reason I would give Solani, and you know, I'm by no means an expert on uh, uh, Finnish hockey players, but a 76 goal rookie season. Yeah. And let's keep in mind, Yari Curry is a tremendous hockey player. Oh yeah. But he played with the greatest player of all time. For sure. There, like Team Muslani had good line mates, but he never had anybody on Gretzky. Well, there is nobody on Gretzky's level. No, no. So Timu did it a little bit differently. Yeah, and you know, Yari Curry, probably the better all around player. He's going to kill penalties. He's going to check. He's yeah. going to score. But as far as skill and, and what they did, um, Curry has the cups. Solani did it with less, I would say. Yeah, amazing, amazing players, amazing yeah. athletes, and, uh, and good guys. Are they just uh, absolutely revered? Uh, like, are, 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 they, um, are they the two, two of the most popular athletes in, in Finland? Yeah, I think there might be a little bit of uh, after-retirement stuff because that some people don't like, like Yari works for a KHL team. Okay. That's owned by Putin's buddy. So that's not always... Uh, Doesn't sit well. <laughs> no. And Temus, you know, I guess his personality has come out with uh, some of the stuff he said since retiring. And and uh, some people don't like that. But uh, but if we just forget all about that. But but the thing is, uh, that so that's kind of a little bit on the... the mm-hmm. Some people don't, don't like that. And I oh. guess people, oh, sorry, people shouldn't always expect their sports heroes to be perfect people. That, that's We're, right. Nobody's perfect. Sometimes you don't want to meet your heroes. Yeah, exactly. Because you have them on a pedestal and uh, it's like, oh, 
Okay. I didn't know about that, but they're human. <laughs> uh, they're, you know, they're like uh, we don't really know them. We, we really don't yeah. know who these athletes are. Yeah. Um, you know, even, even the people that have connections to them. And, you know, oh, sorry, in the media, we get kind of to see that sometimes. Yeah. Like some of the guys you expect are not what you think they are. And, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> how about right now? Um, yeah. There's some really exciting young Finnish hockey players. Uh, who, who are the guys that, uh, we'll get to some of the guys on the uh, Oilers roster, but uh, when you look at the NHL, obviously Miko Rantanen and uh, yeah. Miro Heiskanen come to mind. Um, what do you think of those those two guys? Oh, I, I think very highly. Uh, Miro Heiskanen last year, somebody, I found the first shift of, uh, when he played the first shift in the NHL. That was amazing. Well, I think it might have been second shift. He had a little shift before that. It was amazing. It was a, a a face-off in their own end, and he just took the puck and yeah. see you later. Went to the all the way the other rush, side, yeah. yeah. And then uh, some somewhere I found on the on the internet, uh, Bobby Orr's first shift in the NHL it was exactly the same, hmm. and and we I put it those those <laughs> films together on uh, side by side on my blog, and and you know like look at this, <laughs> and uh, Miro Hayes kind of like the the hockey sense, the the skating, the the use of you know the modern. Defenseman, the use of the blades, uh, the, the it's just just unreal. I didn't unreal. realize why Dallas wasn't putting him in a trade for Eric Carlson. I, I couldn't figure it out. I yeah. thought, you want to win now? Well, th they can win now with him. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he's almost like Carlson. We've seen him slow down. Uh, still, I think he's pretty good defenseman. Don't get me wrong. But, oh yeah. you know, the, when you factor in the years you're going to have Heiskanen on the upswing compared to Carlson now on the da downswing, I realize why they why they didn't trade him. Um, what about Miko Rantanen? Uh, what do you think about, uh, is he, um, you know, the, Patrick Laine gets a, a lot of hype as well, but uh, is Miko Rantanen, do you think, the, the best current Finn in the NHL? Uh, he's he's right up there. You know, like it kind of depends what you want. Like if you want a goalie or if you want a defenseman or, or if you want a forward, but uh, that's a good question. I, yeah, I, I'd probably... I, I think he is. Well, some people like Alexander Barkov as well, obviously yeah. for different reasons. But uh, I, I'm, I've, as you know from the Pipeline show, I've been high on Mikov since you before he been. was drafted, and that that kid is uh, something else. And they put him in the minors for a year, and he came up. Actually, I think his first game was here, and uh, when Patrick grew up, put him out there, and uh, and the rest is history. Like the the kid is a horse. He, he's got the same thing, like the hockey sense, the. You know, like the like he can play. He can you can't hit him really, and he's smart. He's got the skills. Skating maybe not like super great, but but uh, but hey, like one of the you know one of the top players for sure. How about Patrick Laine? Uh, Laine, <laughs> interesting season last year. He had thirty goals, eighteen of them in November, and just yeah. And only uh, six after Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> strange season. Yeah, and uh, and and you probably saw his him today. He was in Winnipeg. He was saying, and he was actually saying that I, I have to. Uh, he said, because he he's very like secure of himself. He's always been like that. And he goes uh, that I know I'm going to play well. I'm not going to score a lot of goals, but <laughs> in the next two years. But then he said also that I also have to work on my game and uh -huh. be more consistent and work on all those things and, and uh, that's pretty cool to hear I mean, he knows that he's a smart guy but it was funny that 2016 draft in Buffalo like you could tell he was running press conferences on his own kid from Finland 18 years old 
and you know he was joking and sometimes i don't know if the english speaking media got all the jokes but that's right but he's you know like if they realized that okay this kid is putting you on here a little bit <laughs> that world juniors in 2015 i was at oh. in toronto oh, and yeah. poliarvi and line a were the and and poliarvi was the guy that uh, had all all the hype at that point and you yeah. know some someone said to me recently uh, a scout said there's a there might there's a bit of a theory going on that maybe Pulyarvi peaked then you know he was bigger and stronger than a lot of people yeah. and then everybody else kind of caught up you sometimes see that in hockey but at that point Pulyarvi was head of uh, Liney yeah I don't know if you remember from the pipeline shows but the the year before he got drafted because uh, I was like asking all the guys in Finland, the scouts and some of the agents and guys like that anonymously, <laughs> what they thought about, what they saw. And he was like, you know, Pulyar is the best skater we've ever seen. He's like at his age, 16 years old. Like yeah. he's, he's just amazing. Like he can shoot, he can, he's big. But then a year later when he was taking his first steps in the Finnish league, they were saying that there's a little bit of question about the hockey sense. And uh, I think that's kind of what, uh, what happened here. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to knock the kid. He's only still only 21 years old or whatever. But uh, but I, I think we kind of seen that that when you look at when you look at Rantan and you look at Laine, you look at Oluheiskan and like they're they're super smart players. Oh, Sebastian Aho, the smartest oh. player ever, Larionov level. But uh, but uh, at least Yesev Vuljarv has not shown that yet. If he has that, I don't know if that's something you can teach or. Or if he hadn't, I, I don't know. Like it's it's a tough one. What do you make of his play since he's gone back home? Like the 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 clips that we're seeing on Twitter, um, and, and a lot of them put out by his agent Dustin Nielsen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dusty, Dusty yeah. loves it, and he's I love the passion. He loves Finns. Eh? He absolutely loves. I Finns, know it's, but, it's good. Um, <laughs> what do you make of how well Pulyarvi is playing? You know, I had Craig Button on the show, and we talked about. He's playing well, but it's not the NHL. Um, but what do you make of him going back there? He, he's doing things and he's being put in positions that he wasn't put in here in Edmonton. So part of it makes me think it's part of the, most of this in my mind is on the team. Yeah, and I, I um, oh, you mean like he's not making it here was on the team? I think so. I yeah. don't think he, I, uh. first of all, he should have probably stayed in Finland and then spent a year in the AHL. Yeah. They rushed him. Uh, but he's playing spots in in Finland, uh, from what I'm seeing on Twitter, that he wasn't playing here, and he's having success. Yeah, but on the other hand, I I think a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of it is on the players, uh, player as well, because they tried, like they brought uh, Manny Viveros here, and they 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 showed him film day after day after day. I watched a lot of the practices. They're trying to show him like you know what to do, and and uh, day after day after day, they got him uh, English tutors the first year, uh, and I I don't know. What exactly? Uh, what exactly transpired? But uh, but I, I'd say that it's a lot of his. It is on the player as well. Okay. But uh, and and I thought he made a mistake not coming back here because it's all new management, Me all too. new coaches, and all kinds of chances to make the team if you want to play in the NHL. And uh, and taking the trade request public, I thought that's if that's his agent or well, the agent should work for the player, not the other way around. So I thought that's a mistake. I don't mm -hmm. think you can, uh, like like everybody knows, uh, Mr. Holland is a very, very nice man, but but don't mi misinterpret his being a friendly person to uh, not being tough. Mm -hmm. Like you, can, you don't push him around. You don't, you know, like he'll make a trade if it helps the Oilers, otherwise he won't. And uh, But on the other hand, it's it's good to see him play for Carpatolo in his home. 
basically close to his hometown anyway, and uh, his old team and his old coaches and who know him, and and he gets a lot of lot of ice time, a lot of lot of good minutes, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe a little step backwards can help you make mm-hmm. a step forwards later. But how's it being? How does this playing out in Finland? Is is he uh, like because there was there was him? Well, obviously there's him, Rantanen, Line. They were all holding out and and kind of. Well, I guess the. Liney was in Switzerland, but yeah, and Rantanen too. Yeah, Rantanen. Is this is yeah. this getting a lot of uh, coverage from uh, uh, what you hear back home? It seems like it is, and they they market. Uh, it's it's good for the league to get a young star like that back, right. and it seems like it is. Obviously, in his hometown, they're all happy, but then the other towns, you know, you'll probably hear they call the milk train that you came back on the milk train. <laughs> I'm sure, but you know that's what fans do. That's uh, that's got to be taken as a compliment if mm-hmm. they <laughs> if they remember you like that, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think that's a good thing. Uh, hopefully, that's that's a good uh, good step for him. And yeah, hopefully it but, works out because he he wants to play in the NHL. And but the thing is, uh, and there there's a Finnish uh, writer, um, Tommy Seppala, who, who uh, corresponded to who wrote uh, that really good line about that. He said, "But you got to remember, any team Jesper goes to, he'll he's just gonna have the same old uh, uh, bowl of oatmeal in front of him." See, it's not going to get any easier anywhere else either. Um, the, the Oilers have a few other Finns. Uh, Marcus Granlin. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of him? Marcus Granlin, uh, it's interesting. He he started out in uh, Calgary and then Vancouver and now here. So he's gotten the Western Canadian tour. Uh, I, since I've been sick, I haven't had a chance to go say hi. But uh, he's a good man. He's a good good kid. Uh, he's not a flashy player, but I, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's brothers with... With Mikael Granlund, obviously, so, yeah, yeah, hadn't, hadn't really found his footing in uh, Nashville yet, but he will, I'm sure. But uh, he's a skilled player, very skilled, yeah, and uh, fast. And and uh, Marcus is more like a bottom six guy, but he's a mm. good one. Like I, I think he's gonna. People are gonna be surprised. Like he's not a flashy guy. Don't expect uh, a big show, but uh, he might put in a few goals as well. And the guy that's trying to prevent those is uh, a big fan, literally, yeah. Nico Koskinen. Um, you know, <laughs> did not have a. Um, well, it was an up and down because he had some really good stretches last year, and then gets signed to that contract. You know, good. F- it's it's a great contract for him. I didn't understand it uh, from the Oilers' point of view, but um, what do you think of Miko Koskinen? Uh, did you did you notice him get feel a little bit more calm and comfortable as the year went on? You you could probably uh, you know read him a little bit better than than I could. Yeah, well, he's he's kind of a typical goalie. There's uh, not a lot of emotion. You you can't tell. He's probably has the same face on, uh, you know, no matter what happens, right. which is good. Like he doesn't uh, have big, big ups or downs. He's, he stays level. But uh, well, one thing for sure, and everybody knows who, who watches, uh, it's not never going to be for lack of trying. Like he's one of the hardest working professional athletes out there. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. They Obviously they, they paid him a lot of money, mm-hmm. a lot of money, and uh, that's always going to be uh, – as long as he's going to play in Edmonton, that's going to be on his head. But uh, well, we'll see. Like yeah, like you said, he had a good good stretch there early on last year, really good. I remember driving home from a game, and you were saying on the radio that good night from uh, the ice district that uh, Mikko Koskinen built. Yeah, the, the yeah. The, <laughs> well, and I was listen. I was hard on him last year. Yeah. Uh, on my show, but when he was good, he was good. And yeah. in that stretch, he was awesome. I wonder, you know. Is Finland is, is our climate similar uh, yep. in the winter to Finland? 
Yeah, a little more extreme here, I'd say. But, okay, uh, but I, I wonder if, like, uh, if the as the season goes on, and 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 guys that are from Finland that are new feel a little bit more comfortable because the the climate is uh, kind of similar. I wonder if that has any effect because he know. seemed to get a little bit better as the year went on. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I of course must say that he didn't exactly have a Bobby Orr and Dennis Potvin in front of him either. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so if if he if he gets a to play behind a good uh, defensive system. Uh, I, I think he's got what it takes, but uh, we'll see. How do you think, uh, and why do you think Finland developed so many great goalies in the, uh, especially I remember in the early 90s, it was almost uh, people started thinking it was a, a goalie factory. Yeah, there was a goalie factory, which not so much anymore. Not anymore, no. Yeah, there was a one time when they were just pumping goalies. I guess it was just cool to be a goalie. Oh, well, one thing from the, the, the grassroots level, they had a goalie coach in like every, say like we have zones here okay. or whatever. So they were smart. They were smart. Yeah, they had goalie coaches for uh, go to every club. And I see that now my kid plays double A wee hockey. And uh, I see like the goalies, everybody else had a day off today. They, they're on the ice almost every day. And, mm-hmm. and goalies had a practice. Goalie practice. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it takes. If you want to want to play in the nets, you got to work on it uh, uh-huh. lots. What do you think of the state of uh, Finnish hockey uh, internationally? Um, you know, there's been some highs. Um, what do you think of uh, Finnish hockey right now, where it's at, and you know how they are, uh, uh, you know, building their program and developing players? Well, it looks like uh, obviously I don't live there in a long time anymore, but uh, it looks like it, it's really riding a high right now. Like the, the juniors won the mm-hmm. world championship, the under 18 won the world championships, the women should have won the world championship. Oh. Okay, Arr. what and was that moment like? Uh, not good. No, but to <laughs> even to to know that you were guaranteed a medal. Yeah, but and then the way it ended from the disallowed goal and then the uh, the trick deek on the uh, final shot. I didn't understand that, but yeah, still still had to be a proud moment for your country to to win a medal at that. Yeah, but still, uh, like, and people say that people don't care about women's hockey. Well, that night I thought the whole oh. world was going nuts. Uh, <laughs> I was anyway. Everybody in my house was going. They should have won that. The, yeah, the, they should the have review won. went against them. Oh God, yeah, it should have counted. Like I don't know about the exact uh, details of all that stuff, but they should have won. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, the men won. The, the people over here don't realize that, but the world championships over there are huge. That's the big thing. People watch that. Everybody's grandma watches that, and uh, and uh, like Stanley Cup is great, but people mm-hmm. don't follow that the same way. Like to me, Stanley Cup is the holy grail of hockey, but. Uh, most people in Europe, it seems like world championships, they don't care if not all the best players are there. It's just, there's something about it. It's a humongous mm-hmm. party. And But anyway, Finns won without NHL players. Yeah. That, with great coaching. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, the coaching was, was like unbelievable and everybody bought in and, and uh, it was just like they beat Russians, the Swedes, Canada. They beat everybody with Finnish league guys. And this is like, wasn't a couple of years ago they fired their coach during the World Junior Tournament? Yeah. Like, I was in Montreal. In, I remember that. Crazy. Yeah. And then you, you know, it's it's funny how it can change, and yeah. you know, you're firing a coach during a tournament, and then you're basically winning everything a few years later. Yeah, I I wasn't there. I was gonna go, but I never went. And then, uh, um, they they fired the coach right in the middle of the tournament, and then but the <laughs> the guy who was supposed to take over the next year happened to be there watching it. So I I heard that he got skates from the 
from the Montreal Canadiens. So, so he started running practices. <laughs> that's uh, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, um, that is crazy. I know you haven't been down, and and I haven't been down uh, at practice at all. But yeah. uh, just looking at the Oiler roster on paper this year compared to last year, do you like it more? I like it more. I think uh, Mr. Ken Holland has done a really good job in uh, strengthening the low, the bottom six, in a relatively short time. So I, I appreciate that, and I think the goaltending might be a little better with two. Mm. So that's well, I will see, but it seems like there's some uh, some good decisions made so far. Okay, um, you've also uh, aside from covering sports, uh, you, you play a little bit of hockey uh, when you were younger, and you've yeah. played in six longest games of hockey and one world's longest baseball game. Uh, first of all, congratulations on that. It's amazing. I love coming out to the hockey game and visiting with you guys. And, um, you know, I feel tired when I leave there just from seeing <laughs> you guys. But, uh, you know, what, what's it been like um, to be able to participate in that six times? And, and why do you keep going back? Uh, it's, it's been a great, great, greatest experience. Uh, we started the first game in 2003 because uh, Brent Sake's uh, uh, father had passed away and asked him on his deathbed to do something for the kids. Mm-hmm. at the Cross Cancer Institute and uh, and uh, then the idea of a hockey game came about and and uh, he asked if I wanted to ref I said no I want to play and I didn't know what I was signing up for <laughs> <laughs> and the first game was like 82 hours but we went hard and, and you know it's just a bunch of plugs and there might have been a few guys who played for money somewhere or university or whatever once in a while but uh, most of all just, just regular guys and uh, so then he went that was 2005, we went for a, a, a 10-day game, and now it's like almost 11 days. And uh, Brent Seik is amazing. He's a, he's, a, he's a force of nature that he put this on and on his own acreage and built these rinks, and, and he spent $400,000 to build a, a rink house. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rink of dreams. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the rink of it, dreams. In more ways than one, uh, it's a beautiful rink to have, on, but it, uh, you know, it creates... Uh, hope for a lot of people a and, lot and, of... and everybody I talked to would say that you know you'd get tired you'd get down and you look up on that wall and you see the pictures but you get a visit from from somebody from that's been you know benefited from at the cross from what you guys are doing and and you feel like you can skate for you know two more days almost uh, because oh, yeah. uh, that's what motivates you that's what keeps you going right who, who hasn't been affected by cancer yeah nobody I mean everybody has been affected one way or the other and, and we've raised now over five million dollars with all oh. these games and 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 all the money every penny has gone to buy buy machines or uh, there's no administration cost to any of that bs which is one reason why i like to go back but it's, it's a way to give back and uh and uh, i don't know if i might have skated my last shift but mm. I, I never missed one <laughs> but you, you'll you'll be involved i'd imagine even oh, if you sure. can't play because you I, know how hard it is for those guys, uh, oh, you yeah. know, all the help. Like, you know, it, it, you guys participating is amazing. And the amount of volunteers, you know, I've been out there refing at different times. Yeah. Uh, I will say, um, going out there on a nice, sunny, warm, not too warm of a day, because that can have its problems as well, is cool. But refereeing, being out on the ice at like two in the morning, yeah. with just the music and the sound of the puck on the sticks and skates, and there's nobody there. It's a really cool feeling and yeah. atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's something special about the whole. You, you can't explain it. I always tell people to come out and see it, see and feel it. Like there's something special about the whole. Like you 
thought that 2005 I swore I'll never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> and I played four more 10 day, 11 day games since. And it's kind of hard on the family and, and everything else, but, uh, but, uh, it's one of those things you just, you can't quit, you know, we can't quit and mm -hmm. you see how much good it does. And, and, uh, I wanted to play in the second baseball game, but, uh, I got sick, so I yeah. couldn't make it. So that's why I'm wearing that. They brought me, uh, the world's longest baseball game hat and a shirt and, but, uh, I and had to tell Brent to get another guy. They knocked it out of the park. Pardon the pun with uh, yeah. their fundraising too. Didn't they double it or something? Yeah, they. Uh, the goal was to raise two hundred fifty thousand dollars to uh, help this uh, this cancer drug that's been developed right here at the U University of Alberta, and they raised from what I hear over over half a million dollars. So that's really great. Congratulations, uh, guys! Like, research uh, is amazing. My my mom unfortunately passed away of cancer when I was nineteen, huh. but before she passed away, she went on a trial uh, for a specific drug. Uh, to to see what it would do, and it and it it ended up uh, being a drug my wife used. So my mom was in a trial for a drug that ended up saving my wife's life. So it's you know research every penny. Don't yeah. ever think uh, uh, you know if you can only donate five dollars. Well, you don't know if that five dollars is gonna uh, put them over the top, right? And uh, yeah. it, it's such an amazing cause. Um, and uh, like I said. Uh, it's uh, bravo to you guys that uh, participated in it, and and you know hockey's one is you know you can kind of uh, glide a little bit. Baseball, I think, would be tougher because you're always running, walking, or throwing the that's, whole time. There's no glide out there, right? That's what I've been saying. Like hockey, you can go on there and and warm up a little bit as you're playing, or a little bit, you know, glide a little bit, uh -huh. kick a little bit, skate a little bit, and and then kind of start doing your own thing, make the puck do the work. But baseball. You have to be ready. You have to warm up before yeah. you go on yeah. or you're in trouble. Yeah. Like the first game we played three years ago, uh, two guys ruptured their Achilles tennis the first day. Oh, man. And I don't know if it's lack of, of uh, warm up, maybe not, but but uh, but still like the, the, the injuries are, are bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I learned that because I, I, I'm not a baseball player and I my training was watching baseball movies, which... I should have been running actually, but my, my son, uh, <laughs> my son is a good, good ball player. So he was training me and it's funny. I told him that, you know what, I, I signed up to play in uncle Brent's game and he told me, Hey dad, do you, do you know, you could die, right? <laughs> <laughs> so he was teaching me like how to, how to hit and how we were throwing balls all summer. And he made me like a running program. I probably did one quarter of it. Oh, good job. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but then he said that dad, do you know why, uh, when the guys go to bat, you see them shake their legs like this. And I go, why? Why do they do that? He goes, uh, they're scared. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, baseball, it's a great game. I, I became a huge fan, and uh, which I wasn't. I was a typical European guy who mm -hmm. kind of thought, oh, these guys are you know, not that great athletes. I was totally wrong. I had no idea. It's uh, hard to hit that ball, especially yeah. when it's going over 100 miles an hour. Man. Yes. And, and moving. And some of, you see some of these plays develop like some of these guys who can run and throw and yeah like i was in the outfield and the other two guys yeah hi there blair and berkey <laughs> <laughs> they, they like i couldn't believe the running and the throwing and i'm like oh my god yeah. you gotta cover a lot of ground yeah holy smokes like, what uh what was worse in hockey minus 30 and the wind chill or when it got to plus 10 because when it got warm it was impossible to almost so hard to skate yeah, we what, cold or hot. What was the worst? Uh, 
I don't know, both are bad. We had two, <laughs> 2005 when the game started, it was plus 14, and we almost lost the rink. Yeah. And you had to kind of find a lane and just kind of slide there. That's what I mean. But we knew that once the night comes and one the, once the first day or two are gone, it'll be nice, it'll be good, it'll be cold. And then I think it was 2008 or 2011, I can't remember. Anyway, one of those games, it went down to minus 51 one night. Yeah. And we lost three guys with frostbites, one almost lost a toe. <laughs> and you didn't know until you came off and took your skates off what was going well, on. How bad it was. Yeah, like it was cold. So I guess the extreme, I, the warm is better. But it's still not good. But uh, the cold, like the ice is not very good. And Warm is better, but harder to play. Yeah. Cold is easier to play, but there's obviously massive health risk to it. Yeah, and we were almost, we almost, like, we were almost... Uh, stopped the game in, uh, in when it was really, really cold. And, and but the, the guys who got a, were out of the lineup, they said, no, no, keep going. And, uh, and then it got better, got better. Yeah. And, and people couldn't believe that those guys are still playing because they, they canceled the Birkenbeimer and yeah. the, the cross country ski and everything canceled except people. Was long game. We were like the coldest spot in the world yeah. that weekend. And then they were like, what, these guys are still playing. <laughs> yeah. And one, one way you could tell it was cold. Uh, we had in the, we were in the, Rents grass. That was before the rink house, and right in the next room, there was a sponsor brought a whole pallet of beer. Nobody touched that pallet That's of right. beer in two days. When these guys don't touch the beer, you know it's poop is going down. Yeah, <laughs> what, well, I remember in 1996, uh, I was pumping gas in Winnipeg, and they announced on the radio it was minus 72 with the wind Ooh. chill, and our boss said, "Oh." Everybody else is closing. We're going to stay open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like everybody, like you're saying, the Birkenbiner's canceled, but you guys kept going. Our yeah. boss was like, we're going to make a lot of money off this because we're the only <laughs> gas station uh, open. So, yeah. okay, I want to wrap up this interview and thank you so much for uh, giving me some time tonight. Uh, hey, thanks for having me. If you could recommend one city in Finland for somebody to visit, what city would you recommend? Oh, well, that's easy. My hometown of Helsinki. It's okay. uh, one of the greatest sports cities in the world. It's an old city. There's a lot of great architecture. Uh, there's a lot of places to visit. There's some great dining. There's great food. There's uh, go in the summer. Okay. <laughs> Winter's all right, too, but there's, uh, there's beautiful buildings. You can go in and watch. You can walk. You can walk the city. There's, uh, it's right on the, on the sea. There's water. You can get a boat or you can go on a little cruise. There's, uh, there's, there's a lot of great stuff. There's a lot of great other towns in, in Finland as well, but, and the countryside is, is beautiful, but uh, it's easy for me to recommend my own mm -hmm. city. My brother uh, was stationed in Italy for uh, almost three years. He's in the, uh, my other brother's in the military, oh. Derek. And uh, when Guy Flaming went over to the World Juniors in Helsinki, yeah. my brother actually, they, that Christmas, they went from Germany to Helsinki, and, and he was telling me how... Uh, it's obviously very old, right? Uh, yeah. Like some of the, the buildings were beautiful. Um, is that the, uh, the 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 main city? Uh, yeah, that's in the Finland? only. Is that the uh, the the big the, the hub almost? Yeah, only city bigger than I guess two hundred thousand or so. There might be a couple others close to that, but uh, like it's it's about the size of Edmonton, about a million okay. people in the in the metro area, and it's where all the the government is and all that. So. Where all the action is. Where all the action is. There's a lot of action in the smaller towns. You'd be surprised. Same as in Canada, of course. <laughs> yeah. God knows what happens in the smaller. All right. <laughs> like, so if we're going to visit Finland, we'll uh, we'll head to Helsinki. Yeah, on I remember. Your recommendation. I remember when Guy went there. I told him the told him the rule that uh, never wait for a, a never run after a streetcar or or a pretty girl because in five minutes there'll be another one. That's right. 
but Guy probably doesn't run after streetcars anymore. No, he has a lovely wife. Yes. Uh, Yoni, <laughs> thank you so much uh, for joining me. And, uh, thank you. First of all, thank you for being here. Um, hey, my and pleasure. getting through that health scare. And uh, obviously the doctors and nurses were wonderful. And yes. you're here. And uh, looking forward to uh, chatting with you about the uh, NHL season and much more. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks, lucky boy. Yeah, thank you very much, Dean. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Nice to be in the marsh. Cameron used to sing a lot, but he stopped when his dad yelled, Shut up. Hey there. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for more great stuff for your ears, check out Podcast Alley at www.deanmillard.ca where you can find more entertaining podcasts and contests. Now let's get back to the show. What a great conversation with uh, Yoni Niemann, a freelance writer. You can follow him on Twitter at onside with yoni all right uh, in view of having a great finnish writer in studio with me let's ask a great finnish trivia question for the acme meat market trivia gift card you can win a gift card from acme meat market that's what's up for grabs you can go say hi to Corey, amanda and their amazing staff in the ritchie market in edmonton at 9570 76th avenue and check out their website, www.acmemeatmarket.ca. Acme Meat Market since 1921. And, and just know this, that when you when you get something from uh, Corey the Butcher, that's his Twitter handle, Corey, at Corey the Butcher, you're getting it from one of Canada's top butchers, recently named to Team Canada for the World Butchers Challenge in September 20. He's, he's the Marc Messier of, uh, of butchers, man. Although Mark Messier should have made that 1998 Olympic team. Uh, he was uh, key for Canada many times. So you're getting, the, you're getting the Mark Messier of butchers. Team Canada for the World Butcher Challenge in September 20. That is very cool. So up for grabs, a uh, gift card from Acme Meat Market just for emailing us the answer to this trivia question. And you can send that email to sportsandmorepod at gmail.com. Sportsandmorepod at gmail.com. Question today. What team signed Timu Solani to an offer sheet in 1992-93? What team signed Timu Solani to an offer sheet in 92-93? You remember that year? He scored 76. Remember me and my buddy were at uh, Crocus Plains High School and we're like on the hockey news looking how much this guy was making. We're like, what? Why is this guy making so much? And then he was just absolutely brilliant. But he could have been on another team. What team was that? As for last week's uh, question and answer, we had Corey Hirsch on, and we wanted to know, name one of the two backup goalies who didn't play behind Hirsch at the 1994 Olympic Games. He played every game, and those would be either Alain Watt or Manny Legacy. Uh, Bill was the winner of that one. So congratulations to Bill uh, for knowing those two names. All right, so that's the... Acme Meat Market Trivia question. What team signed Timu Solani to an offer sheet before the 92-93 season? Email your answer to sportsandmorepod at gmail.com. 
That is sports and more pod at gmail.com. And we will mail you a gift card to Acme Meat Market. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. This is best or worst. All right, Major League Baseball playoffs start tonight. Uh, or may have already started by the time uh, you're listening to this show. So I'm going with the best live baseball game I've seen. Um, I've, I've seen uh, games at uh, Remax Field that have been awesome. Um, I watched a lot of baseball games in uh, Brandon, including Canada win the 1991 World Youth Challenge. Uh, I think that's what it was called, or World Youth Championship. Stubby Clapp was on that team. I rode my bike every day from the east end of Brandon to that ball diamond to watch games. Um, but I'm going with uh, the best live baseball game. Uh, I was in uh, Pitt, or in San Francisco, rather, at I think it was then called AT&T Park. And uh, my wife and I were there, and we got tickets behind home plate, about 15 rows up, so really great seats. You know, I, I haven't been to a lot of ballparks, uh, but that is one of the nicest ballparks I think that has to be out there. And we spent half the game, um, you know, every other inning, we would go walk, do a lap, watch the game, do a lap, watch the game, and just checking out so many cool things. I'm a Dodgers fan, Giants-Dodgers, great rivalry. The Dodgers won the game. Russell Martin, a great Canadian, hit a home run. And the people were friendly. I was wearing my Dodger gear. They were giving me friendly gears. It was good. It was a really great time, beautiful sunny day. I would go back to that ballpark. You know, I want to obviously go to Chavez Ravine and watch the Dodger game live in, in that Dodger Stadium. Uh, but I would go back to uh, that ballpark in uh, San Francisco uh, at any time uh, for sure. So that's best or worst, uh, where I just tell uh, a best or worst story. And today it was the best live baseball game. This is now Goalie Geek Out, accompanied by Pele. Of course, all the music for Sports and More Live and Sports and More, the podcast, courtesy of Sweet Bejesus. This is a great song, Pele, about the late Pele Lindbergh. Who tragically lost his life in a uh, drinking and driving accident. But this is from their debut album, Policeman's Creek. And download it on Apple Music. And Goalie Geek Out is basically, we listen to Pele while I geek out about a goalie. And today I'm going with Martin Jones of the San Jose Sharks. This guy has had an interesting career. He lost a World Junior gold medal game and a Memorial Cup semifinal in overtime. I watched them both. I was in Saskatoon and they lost to the, uh, the United States in overtime. And then I was in Brandon when the Wheat Kings beat them in overtime. Uh, but he persevered, and you knew he was going to be good. 45 wins with the Hitmen and uh, four, 36 win seasons. Paid his dues in the minors. You know, and this was a guy who was a draft pick uh, of, uh, or, or was not a draft pick, rather, and was with the LA Kings, and now is with the uh, San Jose Sharks, and has played in 60-plus games in each of the last four seasons. He's had over 30 wins, all four of them. Numbers a little bit high last year in goals against average and a save percentage dip, but every other year 
Uh, save percentage of uh, 918, 915. The Sharks are, uh, they've, they've loaded up and they are solid from the back end. Thanks to Martin Jones. Also won uh, 20, or started 10 games last year, or 20 games in the playoffs last year. So he's sturdy, man. So that's Martin Jones, who has had some time with Canada in Goalie Geek Out, accompanied by Pele from Sweet Jesus. sex shop. We're at the corner of Libido and Cleavage. Kidding. First of May, come down see me. Ask for Harry. I'm the guy with a snake on his face. I love you. From SCTV to the big screen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> John Candy was a comedic legend. Buck melanoma. Molly Russell's wart. Oh, oh, that feels good. Oh, God, I'm telling you. My dogs are barking today. We now celebrate another great John Candy character. I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. Today's John Candy character, we're going back to SCTV, uh, the days uh, where he uh, cut his teeth, uh, the legendary characters of SCTV. Today's a bit of a a one-off, though. Um, it's a preview for the movie, uh, which is coming up, a movie of the week or whatever, on SCTV, the network, and it's Babe Ruth. It is uh, John Candy playing the Babe. And uh, the babe is, uh, as legend goes, visiting a sick child in the hospital, trying to cheer him up. Guess who's here to see you? Babe Ruth. Hiya, kiddo. Hi, babe. Say, kiddo, you're going to be all right. Don't you worry about it. Thanks, babe. Now, I got a game this afternoon, kiddo, and I want you to listen to it, because I'm going to hit a home run just for you. You will, babe? That's right. A home run right into the center field bleachers. All right, so the babe is about to leave after uh, pledging to hit a home run for the little sick child, and then there's just one more request before he goes. Say, babe. Yeah, kiddo? Did you hit two home runs? Sure, I can hit two home runs for you, kiddo. And, babe, <laughs> your third time up, could you hit one over the scoreboard at the back of the bleachers? <laughs> Quite a shot, kid. That's five, six hundred feet. Uh, I don't know if I can do that. All right, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't worry about it, kid. So the kid cries. Babe gives in to these ridiculous requests, and as you would expect, they start to escalate. Babe. Yeah, kiddo. You know make me real happy. What's that, kiddo? Your last time up. Yeah. Could you hit an inside the park home run? <laughs> <laughs> I like John what they used to be, kiddo. Uh, I can't hit too many of those. Uh, all right, all right, I'll, I'll do it. Look, I got to go out to the ballpark and get in some batting practice. I'm going to hit all these home runs. Uh, Can we get an autographed baseball? Sure, kiddo, anything for you. And an autographed baseball of all the players in the league? About two boxes of baseballs, kid. <laughs> what, kid, what, what, what's wrong? Could you eat 50 hot dogs? What? 
It sure made me laugh. Fifty hot dogs? Where am I going to get fifty hot dogs, kid? Right here, Mr. Ruth. <laughs> All right, I'll eat 50 hot dogs. <laughs> and then at some point, he just can't handle it. He's asked to spin around while eating the 50 hot dogs, jump on one leg. It is really good physical comedy from John Candy, which is, you know, he wasn't a physical, you know, Chris Farley, eh? one of the best physical comedies out there. Jack, uh, Jack Tripp, John Ritter, who played Jack Tripper, great physical comedy. Uh, John Candy wasn't known a ton for that, but when he did it, it was uh, really, uh, really good. But uh, but at some point, the babe had had enough. <laughs> Don't miss the Sultan of Swat, the Babe Ruth story on SCTV. So it's a nice one-off character from John Candy from his amazing catalog of characters during his time with SCTV. Babe Ruth, another great John Candy character. Uh, it's fantasy time. Uh, yeah, we're talking fantasy sports. <laughs> Not dear penthouse. But don't worry, winning your league is way better than porn. It's time now for fantasy fun time with Jamie Thomas. My man. All right, all right, all right. I said we got to win it. Yeah. Okay, Jamie Thomas of Jets TV joining me now for Fantasy Fun Time. You can follow him on Twitter at Jamie Thomas TV. And uh, let's start with uh, the way I'm dismantling my hockey team to build for the future. Um, you know, the great Kelly McCrimmon once told me you should always be uh, trying to win the title or rebuilding. And and middle is death, in my opinion. And my team this year was not going to get me anywhere, so I dismantled it and got a whole whack of picks for next year. <laughs> you know what? You, you, you have to start every season. We don't even have to have a commissioner's story at the end of this one, Millard, because you have become the commissioner's story right. at this moment. Every once in a while, somebody has to do something different. So you have decided uh, to forget this year entirely and uh, uh, strip down your roster, look towards next year, and uh, I, I applaud you for it. I don't know how you're going to win any games this year. I don't think you'll ever be as bad as Dustin Nielsen, who completely just gave up on his on his team and left Jonathan Quick in an, in goal uh, while he was on injured reserve. Yeah, that's not uh, right. No moves to, no, made, made no moves to uh, fix the position. Uh, whatsoever. So I think there's trying to do something interesting and just not even starting your lineup. So I, I actually uh, stuck up for you in that aspect saying uh, it's better than a guy that just quits halfway through the year and doesn't, you know, alter his roster, which is why I created the, the uh, relegation rule right. uh, in our world professional fantasy football league, just to get rid of those types of people. So uh, I, I like what you've done. I'm, I'm curious to see what you're going to be able to find because after the first round there's not much uh but usually there's some some diamonds in the rough along the way but I, i'm very curious to see what your draft strategy is today but giving up on a player like rasmus Dalin in buffalo who you got from me or i traded for you with um to bring him into my squad and gave you cody glass and the first round pick and a third round pick next year uh i, I just found out today cody glass is apparently going to be on the second line uh, with max Pacioretty. so i think you're going to be okay with him uh, as your sentiment to start the year, but uh, I'm I'm really when these, when people do things like this, 
it, it's fun to watch because I, I, I know you have a strategy involved in this one and there is an idea behind it and you're looking towards next year, which I applaud you for. And I think that sometimes if you know, what you want to do and you want people to be competitive every year is either the relegation rule or have a draft lottery to make sure you're not guaranteed first place overall. Because Dustin Nielsen, again, in the um, somehow he won our he won our toilet bowl draft, right? Mm-hmm. I think our toilet bowl tournament. So he got Capital Castle first overall. So you shouldn't be rewarded uh, for just giving up on your team throughout the year. But he found a way to win the toilet bowl and get the first overall pick in the rookie draft. There's ways around it, but I'm curious to see what your strategy is. You've got people talking, and I think that's what's best about fantasy sports. And as a commissioner, sometimes you have to let these things see how they fall and then react after the season to see if you need to do it, if it's going to become a problem. So uh, that that's curious. And I, like I said about three times already, I'm, I'm very interested to see what your what your strategy is this year and how you're going to fare. Yeah, I, I'm leaving Cody Glass in the minors this year too. I'm not even putting him on my uh, roster. So my team is like, I, I'm like, I'm not trying to lose. Uh, I'm not going to start yeah. guys that are injured, but I am, yeah. I am, this is my strategy is, I had Taylor Hall, and Rasmus Dahlin was the one guy I was going to hold on to. Um, but mm-hmm. I looked at guys like uh, Taylor Hall and Steven Stamkos, and and I looked at the draft next year, and I really like our draft next year, and I will have control of those players longer than the players I would have this year. I had I didn't have a pick to the third round this year. I'm not going to be able to rebuild without a first-round pick this year, so I decided to put all my eggs in next year's basket and and go from there. Yeah. See now, now hearing that you didn't have a pick until the third round, I think I have. I have one. I had your first pick in the first round next year, which I gave back to you anyways. Right. So for twenty twenty, but I, I'm curious now that you said it that way. When people don't have a pick in the first two rounds, and you're not close, there's no sense trying for it because no one. You're not going to make a trade that's going to change things, and you 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 have to have a pick in the first round. Our league is sixteen teams deep. It's a, it's a keeper league. If you don't have stars there and now, and you don't have picks till the second round, you're screwed. And you, you're not, you're right. You're not going to win with Rasmus Dahlin, Steven Sackles, and Taylor Hall. I'm still not sold on Taylor Hall. I, I think he's a great player, but I don't think he's, he's going to have a season like he did two years ago when he won the Hart Trophy. So that, that I think it's a wise decision. Sam Phillips, you're giving up on 90 plus points and 40 goals, but is that going to win you your fantasy league or get you in the playoffs on one guy? No, that's not the case. And you talked about the draft. Like I'm losing six quality players. Like I've I've got six guys on one year deals. I'm re-signing Patrick Lane. There's no question about it. But there's a Gosses Fair is going to be out there next year uh, for my team alone. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Uh, uh, like there's, there's some just six guys alone for my team. Uh, Jacob Borchek's going to be free next year. Pierre Luke Dubois, Brendan Gallagher, uh, Cam Fowler. So that's like right there for my team. There's six guys mm-hmm. that you could. You know, I'm not saying those are all first rounders. But that's quality just from my team, and that's not speaking for the other 14 other teams in our league. So uh, I applaud you for your moves, buddy. It's uh, taking a chance. It's going to be very interesting, and you're going to have a very quality team next year. And I could see our good friend Cliff back with the Brinks truck to come and uh, take you uh, all your your star players off the roster. I, I did notice that you got uh, Sergachev. He's been trying to sell Sergachev to you or to me for like two years now for like first-round picks. I'm like, I'm not giving you a first-round pick for Sergachev. I think he had 15 points last year. Still hasn't cracked the first unit power play, so that's not worth that, that type of uh, payment. The difference, though, this year he's uh, supposed to be starting with Hedman on the top pairing, and he's going to get some. Uh, so that's why I, I, I at first I was not going to take 
uh, uh, Sergachev, but it, it's all about uh, ice time. Okay, I want to talk to you, uh, Jamie Thomas from Jets TV joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Jamie Thomas TV. Uh, tough news for Brian Little today and uh, the team that you cover uh, out for uh, sounds like a month with a concussion. So, so we hope the best for him. Um, this brings up a, a line mate question for for Patrick Line. What's how does this affect Line and his draft status uh, for for people that may be having their draft tonight like we are? Well, I, as long as Patrick Line sits on the top power play unit with the with the Jets, you're you're always going to be expecting thirty plus goals. Uh, I don't think it should change his status. The thing that changed the status that he actually signed on Friday that two year deal, uh, a two year extension with the, with the Jets. So today the Jets for the first time in training camp practice. The power play, Paul Maurice said there's too many other things they have to work on, and they didn't have their pieces, right? Kyle Connor and Patrick Laine weren't there. Dustin Bufflin hasn't shown up at camp yet, so why bother working on the power play until you have all your pieces in place? So the first power play unit was uh, Josh Morrissey, Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, and Patrick Laine. So that that's something interesting to throw out there. And then, uh, so as for his five-on-five, five, today Andrew Kopp, uh, who with a left-handed shot is was centering him, uh, Patrick Lennon and Kyle Connor on the second line because the first line right now is Shifley, Wheeler, and Ehlers. So that is interesting because Mike Kelly from TSN and The Point has claimed that Patrick Lennon needs a left-handed shot center that will help him out a little bit more uh, offensively. Um, I don't know if it's going to make that big of a difference. I think it, it, you're still, uh, however long Brian Little is out for, uh, it's, I don't think Andrew Kopp's going to hurt him or make it any better, right? So it's, it's uh, Andrew Kopp's very smart. He's smart defensively, which is what Brian Little is. So I think essentially you're getting the same player except Brian Little's a right-handed shot. Um, and Kyle Connor being on the other side uh, is is just as fine too. So you have high-quality players on both sides. So I, I'm not I'm not bumping Patrick Lane up or down my uh, draft rankings at all if your draft is tonight like ours. All right, I just uh, added it up for next year. I have seven picks in the first two rounds. So I'm going to be able to get really quality players, plus the guys yeah. that I'll be bringing up from my minors like a Cody Glass. So I'm, I'm, excited about, uh, I'm excited about the future of this. Yeah, just be competitive this year. We play the first week, just to ice a crappy lineup this week, but whatever. Okay, well, we, we just played each other in fantasy football, so let's move there. And I, you, you probably weren't listening, but I just went on this big rant about uh, you know, last night's game and the Monday nighter and uh, Andy yeah. Dalton putting up 171 yards. And then I realized you had started Andy Dalton. Uh, y- your choice was Dalton or Mason Rudolph. Tell, tell us why you went with, uh, with uh, Dalton. Well, I, here's the thing. As, as bad as, as Cincinnati has been, they're 0-3 now, 0-4, of course. Uh, they have thrown the ball quite a bit. Uh, he, Andy Dalton, after last night's game, is sixth in the NFL in passing yards. So a PPR league, you're you're okay. Uh, I just thought with the way the Steelers' defense has been playing, which has not has not been very good, mm-hmm. um, and I thought this was an opportunity for Andy Dalton to do things. And I just I wasn't sure yet on Mason Rudolph. Now, if you look at me this week, uh, it's a tougher decision because <laughs> Rudolph had a very good game, not great, but good enough. Uh, he's had two touch passing touchdowns back to back weeks now. Um, and the way I look at it is the only thing is with Andy Dalton is he's facing the Arizona Cardinals, one of the worst defenses in football. So it's it's a tough toss-up for me. Um, Rudolph is, is facing the Baltimore Ravens this week, so that's a tough one. Uh, Andy Dalton traditionally, and I, I should have known, I should have thought of this, has been awful in prime time. He's been horrible. The stats 
just yell out, you do not start me on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football or Thursday Night Football. He's been horrible. It was a terrible mistake on my behalf. I still only got eight points out of it if I would have started Rudolph. So it wasn't that much better. It's, True. Just, it's just been, I'm looking at everybody that I traded away this offseason, and they're all scoring points. Dalvin Cook is one of the top running backs in football. I think he's had a touchdown every week. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson's been fantastic, except for last week. Um, and then I, I'm trying to think, James, James Winston, Winston finally broke out. Of the yeah, so it's just, I, I, my advice to people is, it may look good and it, it seems right. Sometimes you just have to sit on your guys and not make those big deals before the season starts. I, I do not regret uh, bringing in Todd Gurley because I still think once he's uh, given the full reign on things and the Rams start rolling like they uh, will be a little bit later this season, I'm going to get value out of him. Uh, no one saw Andrew Luck retiring, so I can't fault myself on that. But still, those big trades, you got to hold off a little bit in the, in, before the season starts if you're feeling comfortable with your team because sometimes they come back to bite you in the butt. Jamie Thomas of Jets TV joining us here for Fantasy Fun Time on Sports & More Live on the 12-ounce Sports Radio Network. My name is Dean Millard. And um, the, the Detroit Lions, um, they did a pretty good job of uh, keeping Patrick Mahomes out of the end zone with his arm. He still put up 315 yards and another 54 yeah. on the ground. But... Uh, the Lions managed to do something that not many teams, I don't know if any team has kept Patrick Mahomes without a touchdown in his uh, young career. Yeah, I, I, the, the Detroit Lions are, I think, one of the sneakier teams in the NFL this year. And their defense, their front four is, is unbelievable. So, it, yes, they lose that game. I know there's some frustration in Detroit. This is a typical Detroit Lions team. I don't think they are. I think it's a much different team. Uh, they've been lacking star power for a long time outside of Matthew Stafford and the odd occasional guy kicking through, but their defense is very respectable. Uh, to hold Patrick Mahomes without a touchdown pass, it cannot be ignored considering how much he had lit up everybody else. But how about that play with Patrick Mahomes? He looks back at the official to make sure he wasn't going to throw the flag for holding and then takes off <laughs> a field so on, on a long run. He's unbelievable. So this is this is just an outlier. It's not going to, this isn't going to happen much. And the PPR, you're fine at 300. 300 plus passing yards, but you, you, of course you want to, you want that uh, passing touchdown to go in there or whatever, but he, he, it's, it's full credit to the Detroit Lions. Something you, if you have a player that's going up against the Lions defense, something to keep in mind uh, that they can cause you a lot of problems and maybe it's not going to be the biggest day for your star players, but uh, that's a matchup thing that you have to keep an eye on down the road, but uh, hands, hats off to the, to the Detroit Lions for, for shutting down uh, Patrick Mahomes in the touchdown throws. You know, and uh, sometimes, when you make the smart move in fantasy, it backfires. Like, you know, even talking about those trades, uh, they sometimes, like I, I let go Shady McCoy. I dropped him before our draft because I thought, you know, I've got, he's not going to be that uh, effective anymore. He was with Buffalo. Um, and then I drafted Damian Williams in Kansas City thinking, all right, a, a running back with Andy Reid is great. And then, like, a couple of days after our draft, McCoy shows up in uh, KC. Williams is hurt now. McCoy's getting all the the, the carries and the touchdowns. Like, sometimes even when you make the right choice in fantasy, which I think that was, LaShawn McCoy in Buffalo was dust. But now he's revived his career here. Yeah, it's, 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 that's why it's frustrating. Eh? I mean, every time you think you have the proper lineup, you're second-guessing. If you have a good roster, you're second-guessing yourself every week about stuff. And I, right. that's why I've always argued, just have one great quarterback and this ride that ride with him because then you second guess yourself. I have two bottom half quarterbacks right now and I'm bouncing back and forth because of, of my injury situation and losing Ben Roethlisberger for the year. Uh, it, it really puts a damper on, on your decisions. And then you're sitting here kicking every time you see a guy score a touchdown that is on your bench. It's so frustrating. Um, and you know, you knew that with Lamar Jackson week one 
uh, with the, the with the way he went off. But uh, that that's that's the beauty of the game. That's why we watch it, and that's why it's uh, that's why you're pulling your hair out every weekend. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, uh, Melvin Gordon looks like he's going to be well. He, he is he is back now. He didn't do anything last week, but uh, I have him in one of my leagues. What kind of an impact this guy is? This guy is great for our league because he's a touchdown machine. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and PP, like last year in 2018 with Eckler and him, uh, they played 12 full games together, including the playoffs. In those games, uh, Gordon averaged around 19 touches, and Eckler averaged eight. So there's going to be a little bit of a split, but I still think in in all leagues he's a top five running back. And what an addition uh, if you've been able to hold and be patient with him and hold him on your roster until he came back from his ridiculous holdout. Um, so it, you. If you're patient, congratulations, because you're going to get top five value every week. Uh, San Diego, I don't know how Phillip Rivers has kept his team afloat with all the injuries they've had, but you have one of the top quarterbacks in the league running things, and now you add uh, Melvin Gordon back to the mix, and you still have Austin Eckler. Like, what options do you have? And you have uh, Keenan Allen as a receiver who's leading in, in, in targets. So you have a fantasy monster right now with the San Diego Chargers uh, in, in, in that aspect. So uh, if you have been patient like you have been, Dino, congratulations. Uh, you're about to be rewarded for your patience. Yeah, he is, uh, you know, I don't think he's long for the Chargers, but uh, I'm glad he's not pulling a levy on Bell. All right, uh, the fantasy baseball season uh, is over, but the Major League Baseball playoffs start tonight. Uh, you and I are big Dodger fans. We're hoping, you know, this is finally the year we can stop looking at Kirk Gibson, although I love that video footage. I want to look at, like, uh, Mac Muncy doing the uh, the ceremonial uh, home run trot or something like that. Uh, but we've got the Brewers and the Nats tonight. Um, what do you think of this matchup? Uh, the Brewers without Christian Yelich uh, still down the stretch were so good. Well, the Nationals have won eight straight. I know, incredible, right? Like it's just uh, Nationals were an afterthought after losing Bryce Harper, and uh, it just didn't look good for the longest time. And uh, as soon as Chris Yelich went down, you're like, God, oh, the, the Brewers' season is over, right? So unfortunately, what a, a fantastic finish for both these teams uh, ends tonight. But I, I, I just like the Milwaukee in this one, the way they fought off the the injury to the MVP candidate Yelich. So I, I'm picking the Brewers tonight. I really like everything they've done. And I, I love the small market teams like this that come around every once in a while. Pittsburgh had a great run for a while there. I love it when Milwaukee and those teams come in, the teams that are far less, uh, have far less advantage than the Dodgers and the Yankees uh, like that. So it's, it's a great story. Unfortunately, it, it comes to an end. And I, I applaud Washington uh, for putting a half decent season together after losing one of the best players in baseball. So congratulations, but I still think it's Milwaukee's time tonight and uh, they'll move on to face the Los Angeles Dodgers in the divisional series. Well, the inter- it's interesting how the two teams approach it. Uh, you know, Brandon Woodruff is going to start for the Brewers. Uh, he'll be lucky if he goes six innings, and then they'll just bring in that ridiculous bullpen. Whereas the Nats, they've got Max Scherzer, and then they got Strasburg ready to go after Scherzer. So two starters against a ridiculously good bullpen. I don't know what uh, what Steven Strasburg is going to be like coming in in the uh, like sixth or seventh inning. Do you? Yeah, I, I don't either, but at least they have that option. That's that's what I love about the wild card game is there's so much strategy just going on in one game. So it's uh, it, it's curious. I'm curious to see how that all plays out. But uh, it, so let's just buckle up. I think it's going to be television wise. I think there's going to be a lot of entertainment, and it's a good time. You know, it's starting to get cold out. I don't know what it's like in Edmonton right now, but it's ridiculously cold here. 
for for early October. So I'm I'm ready to buckle up tonight and watch the Milwaukee Brewers and watch the Nationals and watch a lot of baseball. I love the Dodgers. The franchise record 106 wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've figured out kind of you know hopefully those. Uh, October hiccups, uh, stay away from Clayton Kershaw in the postseason that we've seen. Uh, Ryu, this is an opportunity for him to continue his season. So there's, there's a lot of depth in the Dodgers roster that will help him out. But I, I, I look over the other side of the American League, and you just have to be petrified of the Houston Astros. And as, as much as, as good as the Yankees have been, I don't know if anybody has ever been able to put a, a starting rotation out in the playoffs like the Houston Astros will uh, this postseason. So uh, Garrett Cole's pitching has been unbelievable justin verlander uh i can go down the list so it's there's a lot of stories to keep an eye on and it's a great time to great time to be cold outside to watch baseball on the inside yeah but you realize in like three months we're gonna look back at this weather and say like like if it's this cold in january we'll be wearing shorts outside because the first cold snap always feels like it's minus 30 when it's only minus three yeah, and another thing too, I've heard some uh, epic records are about to be broken in Winnipeg this winter from the oh. Farmers Almanac, and oh, uh, no. so I'm, yeah. So there was a week last year it was minus fifty uh, five days in a row or something. It was ridiculous. So I, you know what, man, it's I, I'll take this weather anytime. You know, lots of people complain about. It. I'm like, dude, it's not ten feet of snow uh, like Calgary and stuff like that, and then and sitting inside when it's minus fifty and your power bills are going up a hundred times over. So. I'll take what this is right now. But I'll still stay inside and watch baseball, bud. Thanks so much. Uh, enjoy uh, baseball tonight. And, of course, the start of the NHL season tomorrow. We'll chat soon, man. Okay, buddy. Thanks a lot. Oh, that's hot. That's hot. It's hot right now. Hansel. So hot right now. Hansel. Let's explore and cool of the week. Very well. Where do I begin? All right, in uh, Cool of the Week, this is just something that um, I find uh, really cool. It uh, might be just new to me, or it could be something that uh, is new to everybody. But uh, I'm not always on the crazy cutting edge of uh, what is cool. So uh, sometimes I, I'm, I'm late to the party. For instance, I thought the G, I didn't know the G and Gmail spell uh, meant Google for a long time because I'd never used Google. So... I'm late to the party sometimes, but not to this one. Uh, Elton John uh, was awesome, and I saw him in concert last Friday. Um, I did not want to miss his final show uh, in Edmonton, and he's on his uh, farewell tour. It's the second Sir I've uh, seen, Sir Paul McCartney. I've seen him uh, a few times, Um, and I will go to every time Paul McCartney comes as long as I can afford it. Tickets aren't exactly cheap for seeing a legend, but it was worth it to see Elton John. He has so many hits, and just to see how fast he is on the piano. And if you haven't seen Rocket Man, you should go out and check it because uh, it's awesome. Um, you can download it now. Uh, it's out now on uh, download, and uh, it's amazing. Uh, it tells a really great story. I liked it better than Bohemian Rhapsody because it was just uh, a little bit more open and honest than Bohemian Rhapsody, I found, uh, but it's really good. So uh, Elton John in concert is my... Uh, Cool of the week. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. What would you do if you were obscenely rich? One hundred 
billion dollars. Tweet us at Duck Millard and start building your lottery list. What do you plan to do if you win the lottery? Well, I'd finally splurge and buy myself one of those fancy four-piece suits. Peter, my God, what the hell are you wearing? It's a solid gold tuxedo, Lois. <laughs> All right, so obscenely rich list. What is on your obscenely rich list? This is basically if you won the lottery and you, uh, like if you had uh, like uh, FU money, you could do anything you want really, obviously within reason, uh, within the law, but you didn't have to answer to anybody because you were obscenely rich. Uh, my dad and I used to do this a lot on uh, road trips. We would play this game. Uh, what would you do if you won the lottery? And it would pass the time. And man, I got into I got into it so much that I, I believed I had won that. And so I've always had a lottery list. And I've actually literally started writing down some ideas because you just never know. Um, I don't think I have any rich uncles or aunts that are going to leave me any money. Uh, but I definitely think I could uh, win the lottery because I play the lottery. And you can't win if you don't play. So this is my obscenely rich list. And this is what's on it today. Uh, a private island. But... A private island that uh, has some amenities, not a lot, you know, white sand beach beaches, beautiful water for snorkeling, uh, comfortable but modest housing and cooking services. So listen, I'm obscenely rich. I'm going to bring some staff with me to this private island. Uh, I'm going to only allow the people I want on this private island. I'm going to be comfortable, but I want to be able to recharge. I'm going to this island to recharge. So no cell service. Um, and a place to unplug and gear down on my own private island. And I call the studio the Marsh. Maybe that island would be uh, Duckville or something like that. Uh, what's on your obscenely rich list? Tell me at Duck Millard on Twitter what you would do if you were obscenely rich. Also, tell me where you're listening from. I'd love to find out. Uh, you know, we have a, a way of uh, tracking you know, where some people are listening, but not, not specific. So wherever you're tuning in, especially for uh, uh, the uh, the Finnish fans that may be listening for the first time. Hello, Finland. Uh, we had one of your great citizens, Yoni, in studio uh, this week, and it was a lot of fun. So that's going to wrap things up for me on this podcast, Sports and More. Uh, keep it locked on sportsandmore.ca. Subscribe to the podcast. Please leave me a review. Let me know what you think and what you would think I could do better. I'd really appreciate it. So once again, thanks to uh, Yoni Niemanen, a freelance writer from Finland, a good friend, and a guy who uh, thankfully is still fighting the good fight after uh, the scare of his life. Also to Jamie Thomas of uh, Jets TV for joining me on Fantasy Fun Time. My name is Dean Millard. Enjoy whatever it is you're getting up to this week. Playtime is over. This is the Sports and More podcast with Dean Millard. Spin.